0: to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your weekly look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm Kyle.
1: And I'm Tim. Drinking Socially is released every Wednesday morning and can be found at podcastuntapped.com or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. And I happen to be back in the studio,
0: actually, uh, up here in Northern California. Yes,
1: yes, we are. HQ
0: West. I I don't know how however many uh, acronyms I could come up with, for for the place that I'm uh, recording the podcast, Tim, you're back in L.A. Yes, I am back in our L.A. office down here in uh, beautiful downtown L.A. It's another another acronym, DTLA
1: HQ. HQ. T L A H Q.
0: We've been talking internally about uh, what acronyms to use, um, and I I think that's just that's that's a long one. IPA HQ DTLA Untapped. I. I Untapped doesn't stand for anything, right?
1: I mean, it could. Yeah, of course it's it can. <laughs> I think we're we're ready before we get into the rest of the show to get something to drink. Yeah, I think we are. Awesome. Um, this week again, since uh, we are doing a lot of remote recording lately, we are picking uh different uh, beers. So we'll each talk about the one that we decided to open up today. Um, I will start with mine. Uh, I have the Meltdown by Root Down Brewing. This is an oatmeal stout. It's coming in at 10.7%. Uh, it's an oatmeal stout brewed with bitter chocolate and slow molasses. What's slow molasses? Even slower than than regular molasses?
0: I would assume so. Let's see. What's slow molasses? Real slow molasses. When they say this beer is slow as molasses, they're that's not 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 slow enough.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna guess something that is definitely dripping in there. Uh, very slowly. I wonder if you slow poured it, if that would have any effect on it. Oh, uh, I'm picturing it just like coming out like a thick syrup. Well, I'll have to find out in a minute here.
0: <laughs> Aunt Aunt Jemima just right out of
1: the can. Is it a can <laughs> or a bottle? Uh, it's a can. Okay. Uh, so this is actually coming to us. Um, we had some commentary and we continue to get commentary about how we are very West coast centric. So I was digging around and decided to pull out, uh, um, this can uh root down is actually from uh, phoenixville pennsylvania i got this in a beer trade from a gentleman named brian um he sent me some east coast i sent him some west coast Um, i've gone through most of them and this is one of the ones that i have left Uh, this beer is actually it's a communal effort between root down and beer nerds and they say here on the description on untapped to remind the beer community not to melt down over beer beer is important to all of us beer nerds but there are more important things in life that's a that's a fair message yeah that's a good reminder uh this beer also um is looks like it has a charity portion where hundred percent of the proceeds from this beer were donated to the mainline deputy dog which is a service that trains service dogs that's cool
0: man yeah
1: that's it, interesting
0: though that the uh the name of the beer isn't like tied in specifically with the uh proceeds going to the service dogs uh group but
1: Still very cool. A noble effort. I appreciate it. Definitely. um, it, And it does, uh, it lists all this actually on the side of the can, which is super awesome. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad they made it very, very apparent. But uh, what do you have going on before we actually crack the cans?
0: Well, uh, again, like our last episode, uh, we were actually out at the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, Colorado. And there was a place that I had been watching on Instagram forever. Um, I had been wanting to get out to Cerebral Brewing for... Ever, they both have incredible branding and are typically uh, hop focused, uh, namely like hazy IPA focused. And uh, as a Instagram nerd, I just I needed to get out there. I needed to also pick up $80 worth of swag from them, which I do not regret. Uh, but,
1: I, do like, I like that hat you picked up. That's pretty yeah, cool. It looks really good.
0: But what that means is I grabbed a four pack of a beer called. Passion Fruit Stuff by Cerebral Brewing. It is a New England style IPA brewed with oats and a touch of lactose, so you know it's right down my alley. And obviously, Passion Fruit. Uh, it's exclusively hopped in the Whirlpool with mosaic and dry hopped with mosaic as well. Wakatu and Citra and then conditioned on Passion Fruit. So, I I did not try this while I was at the brewery, uh, but this was one I grabbed a four-pack of. Tim, you've got one. I'm excited for you to try it um, when when you get a chance. But I'm not doing a West Coast beer either. This is kind of somewhere in the middle of the country. So I, I feel like it counts.
1: You're making your way east. Downtown? Oh,
0: yeah. Okay. All right. Making my way downtown. Passion for stuff. Pouring a glass and it goes down real good.
1: <laughs> nice jingle.
0: Uh, it, On the side of the can, it's a beautiful can, by the way. Uh, the side of the can, it says, our sun is a second or third generation passion fruit. All of the rocky and metallic material we stand on, the iron in our blood, the calcium in our teeth, the carbon in our genes, were produced billions of years ago in the interior of a red giant passion fruit. We are made of passion fruit stuff. Huh. So it's sort of Carl Sagan-esque uh, quote here on the side from Alex Frackenpoe, I would assume. Uh, it is, it's called, it's got Golden Promise uh, malts and Pilsner malts as well in there. Um, it says drink cold or keep cold, drink fresh. And on the side, it's also got like a, you can drink this from a can or pour it out into a glass. I've actually, as a part of that large ticket I've pulled at, uh, cerebral. I've got a beautiful, beautiful like stemless, uh, cerebral
1: glass here. So I'm gonna crack this open and pour it out. All right. Sounds great. All right. So not quite pouring as slow as Aunt Jemima syrup, but <laughs> it is, uh, it is thick. Yeah,
0: mine is pouring, um, definitely opaque, light golden and opaque, um, so we learned a trick, actually, in our live episode. If you haven't listened to our live episode from Odell uh, Rhino Brewhouse, please go back and listen to that. It was a really, really good conversation, I think, um, about the beer industry and and some of what's going on at Buffalo Wild Wings and Odell. Um, oh,
1: that was, that was so much fun. It really please was. definitely go back. Um, it was a great conversation with uh, the crew over there at Odell, as well as um, Jason Murphy from Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, we got a lot of interesting info from all all three guests. It was really cool.
0: But what we learned when we were there was to grab your glass, put your hand over the top, uh, give it a swirl and kind of, uh, you know, put your face right in there and and find out, you know, on the nose. What's it got going? What does yours smell like?
1: Roasty, toasty, stouty goodness. It's probably the best scripture I've got right now. Mm-hmm. I've
0: got a lot of. um. Like bright bright hop smell, uh, definitely tropical, like hugely tropical. Um, and I can kind of pick out the mosaic. There's a lot of complexity to to mosaic hops, and they're definitely one of my favorites. Um, so let's give
1: let's give this a taste. This meltdown, um, it's it's pitch black, like the color, pitch black. It's got a really nice um, kind of tan, sort of espresso um, head on it, and they. It- It foamed it pretty nicely, um, not over the top, and yeah, I'm. It's that roastiness. It's also balanced with a little bit. You can get a little bit of the bitter chocolate as well, but um, yeah. Let me give it a taste.
0: So the head on mine dissipated really quickly. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with the oils in a in a passion fruit. I don't know if there are oils in a passion fruit or any any fats going on here. Maybe from the oats. The oats may really kind of mellow this out. Um, but on the taste, it's really really bright um and it it kind of mouth coating a little bit in a in a kind of strange way almost almost teeth coating i'm wondering if that's coming from from the lactose or the oats um but this is this is wild really
1: really bright not at all what i expected i'm now i'm i'm excited to when i get my chance to open that one that sounds amazing Wow. Yeah.
0: I, I can't, I cannot believe how, how bright this is and, and citrusy and, boy, kind of puckering. Uh, honestly, like when, when you think of passion fruit, you, you kind of think of like very tropical, you know, kind of, um, mellowed out with, with orange and guava a lot of the time. Got to get that POG juice. Yeah. It becomes balanced. And this is, I've, I've got to say it's not balanced at all, but in an interesting way, in like a really light, super refreshing way. And what keeps it kind of um, <laughs> from going overboard on the tartness and the sourness of of the IPA is probably the oats and the lactose. That's that's what's helping it kind of linger on, on the palate a bit. It's interesting. There's no head on this at all now. It is just like flat.
1: This meltdown, it's... Uh... I'm getting a lot of bitter chocolate for sure. And um, bitterness, I would assume from hops on the back end. Um, not so much in terms of the sweet of the molasses. I've, I've had, I've had some beers with molasses in it or, you know, syrup in general, and they tend to lean more towards the sweet side. Um, this one's not going so far down that sweet side. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the texture on it, it seems, um, it doesn't seem as mouth coating as kind of what you're describing. It's, Um, but I want to say like, I don't, I, I feel the word thin is, has negative connotations to it. And I, I always feel reservations on using it. Um, but this is definitely, it has more of a thinner uh, mouthfeel to it than I would expect when, you know, something that looks so dark. Um, and I don't, again, I don't mean thin as in thin on flavor or watery or anything like that. Just as far as like the texture goes, it's not what it's, it's not like one of those super thick. Just like mouth coating, boozy stouts. Right, right. Well, when you say slow molasses,
0: like you're you're honestly thinking uh, that you're you're drinking a a cup full of honey almost. Like it's it's gonna just be oozy, and it's not.
1: No, it's not. But it's it's interesting. I'm gonna have to let this one warm up a little bit. Yeah, so I'm curious to see what how obviously with stouts and warming up, I'm curious to see what how the flavors change. Um, initial reaction is that it, it leaves a bit more of a bitterness than I would expect from a stout. And also, I mean, oatmeal stouts too, as far as going back to the texture, I feel like oatmeal stouts tend to be a little creamier, a little more of like that velvet, um, mouthfeel. I'm not getting as much of that. Uh, but overall, uh, go also, I should probably, I should probably point out that I'm looking at the bottom of this can here and it doesn't say what this date is, but the only date on here is eleven six seventeen. So... That could be a canning date. <laughs> That's not bad. I mean, it's just—it's a, a high. Uh, it's a very high ABV yeah. So, yeah, I, overall, um, I like that it's I like that it's a little more on the bitter side than I would expect from something that says that it has molasses in it. And that could be balanced out by the bitter chocolate. Well, someone's going to have to tell me about
0: the bottom of my can because it says the Maracuya meteorite. Uh, so maybe there is some sort of significant significance to that. Uh, But mine looks like uh, it was canned on September 4th, 2018. So pretty stinking fresh, at least within the month, which is good. Um, Yeah, that's amazing. This beer, however, seems to be kind of polarizing. There are 240 ratings uh, on untapped, averaging 3.86. So pretty high in terms of of average rating. But also on the left-hand side of the bell curve when it comes to other cerebral beers. Uh, especially for a New England style IPA from them it seems like this taste could be pretty polarizing to to some drinkers um so I'm you'll have to report back on what you what you think and maybe what some of the uh, the folks who you are sharing it with think because um i I may be a bit jaded by my beautiful glassware and uh carl sagan quote on the side and this is (laughs) this is just absolutely my jam all the way
1: that's awesome yeah this uh this meltdown only has uh 586 ratings out of uh, 726 uh total check-ins and it's coming in at about a 3.9 okay so on, on the higher side yeah not bad not bad all right. Have any of you had either of these beers? You should definitely let us know what you thought on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by tagging us at Untapped. Now, speaking of new beers and trying new things, Kyle, I, I hear that you are creeping up here on uh, how many check-ins?
0: I'm, I'm coming up to the elite status of 2,500 unique check-ins. And wow. I, uh, yeah, I'm real, real, real excited. I've got a photograph of me uh, holding, but this was before I got hired. So this, I'm, I'm kind of got a fanboy moment going right now, but I have a photograph of me at uh, barley forge brewing in orange County and holding my phone out in front of me with the 1,000 uh, unique check-ins badge on the screen uh, just sort of like reveling in the moment of of my one thousandth check in. So now, being you know coming up here in twenty eighteen, I'm about to hit the uh, the twenty five hundredth unique beer of my untapped career, if you would. And I'm super super excited. I've got it picked out. So I'm not going to say what it is. Oh, yet. you're one of those people. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, though, it's not going to be like a um like a f- specific vintage, you know, it's not going to be a 2006 uh, Russian river, something, something right. It's, it's going to be something that um, hopefully has a little bit of meaning and it's kind of, a, it's got a chuckle factor to it. I don't know. I don't want to give away too much, uh, but I went to Alvarado street yesterday to pick it up. And uh, if you, if you dig around in my check-ins, you'll, you'll see which one I'm talking about. But I was actually curious to know if one, Tim, if you had any stories about some of your uh milestone beers on untapped, or even just like a milestone beer in general, you know the first beer that you had at your wedding, I think we've heard that story um your one thousandth beer things like that is there anything anything like that that you that you've got
1: you're you're making me actually need to go back now and um figure out what those what those were There's an app for that. Yes, there is. Now I just have to find the right method for sorting these to find it. I
0: think one of the coolest things at GABF was that there were folks hitting their milestone beers and they were coming up to us and showing like, hey, I just got my twenty five hundredth beer in here. I got my my one hundredth beer in here Um, showing us their the profile page on their app. And it was really, really cool to kind of hear the stories that people had around them. (laughs) there were a lot of beers at GABF. And it was kind of hard to, to sort of like choose, you know, what do you want that one to be? Does it have to have, you know, certain
1: significance
0: or can it just be whatever beer?
1: This is true. Um, I, so I, I went back. I will, I will be the first to admit that you're creeping up on your elite stats with your 2,500 and I'm still hovering around 1,500. So I, I admittedly, I, I sometimes forget to check in everything. Um, and I do a lot of repeats. So my uniques aren't going to be as high. Uh, but looking here at my extraordinary badge, which was for 1,000 distinct beers, this was actually um, unlocked with you um, back on September 8th of 2016 when we had the Duck Duck Goose 2016 at our old office in Santa Monica. Hey, that's pretty good. Yeah. So I remember, uh, I, I feel,
0: I feel honored. Wow.
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean the duck goose was pretty fantastic. And it's one of those beers that I feel, um, it's pretty exciting for a lot of people. And it's one of those yearly releases that people, you know, um, that people really try and seek out. Um, and I know the lost Abbey; they have, I'm pretty sure they have like a, an entire themed release day or release weekend for that guy. So, um, I was lucky enough to have John Holzer, who does our homebrew segments and is from the Four Brewers. He got one, and I don't remember exactly why, but he decided to send me one, and I really, really appreciate that out of the kindness of his own heart. Exactly. Do you have
0: any story other other than the one I'm I'm trying to cultivate now? Um, not not really. Uh, I think my first beer on Untapped is probably the one of the most meaningful ones. Um, my wife told me about the app, and we were. Flying out of Oakland uh, airport, and I checked into a Pyramid beer, and that was, I believe, my first check-in on Untapped, and so that that kind of has a, a certain significance for me, uh, especially being able to talk to you and and chat with Greg over the last couple years, um, and and really honestly, like have have sort of a a coming to uh, coming to my place, my people uh, moment, which is which is really cool, but. Tim, I'm interested in hearing maybe if there are some other stories that our listeners have of some milestone beers that they've hit. Either their first one, their 10th, their 1,000th listeners. If you've got a story, we want to hear it. Uh, You can send in your stories to us here at Untapped, at Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or you can send us a direct message on Instagram. That's probably a really good way to to kind of, if you want to do long form in there, that is another good way to do it. So, again... Your stories about milestone beers—we want to hear them. We'll come back next week uh, as you folks send some stuff in, and
1: uh, and I want to read through them if that's all right. Yeah, no, that would be super exciting. We we would love to hear some of those stories. Um, and yeah, you can also message us on Facebook as well. Um, so that's another way if you want to do something private. Um, Twitter obviously you can just do a regular tweet or a thread or you should be able to DM us there as well but either way um, you can get that story over to us and we'll we'll figure it out want to show off your love of untapped
0: check out our online store and pick up untapped branded glassware shirts sweatshirts hats and more go to store.untapped.com and enter the coupon code podcast at checkout and get 20% off all orders That's store.untapped.com coupon code podcast to get 20% off.
1: So as we mentioned before, and as can be uh, pointed out by our last episode, which was live from the Odell Rhino Brewhouse during the Great American Beer Festival, we were fortunate enough to be able to talk to a handful of amazing breweries while we were on the convention floor At the Saturday afternoon session of the Great American Beer Festival. That was pretty fantastic. Uh, Running around Kyle with his headphones on. Passing the mic back and forth. It was very felt very on the street. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, we actually got recognized a few times. Which is a very, very strange thing to happen. Uh, We had sort of like our interview mic with us. With an untapped branded mic flag on it. So we were definitely, uh, we stood out in the crowd. Uh, but it was really, really cool to meet the listeners out there uh, who recognized us from Untapped or from the podcast. Um and and just know that they listened.
1: It really, really blew my mind. No, that was that was pretty humbling. It was uh it was pretty cool. I remember we were standing in line at Deschutes for uh, to try out their um, their fresh haze. And um the couple of gentlemen behind us were talking about untapped or those untapped guys. Yeah. I turned around <laughs> and was like, what about the untapped guys? <laughs> I think they looked at our badges and were like Oh, wait, are you guys from the podcast? Yes, yeah. that, that was pretty cool. It was I like that. It was a good moment. Um, so uh, since we were able to go out and interview some people, uh, we thought that it'd be cool to have a little segment here about with all those interviews um, live from Great American Beer Festival. Uh, the interviews we managed to get, uh, they include James Sullivan, who's the marketing manager at Highland Park Brewery here in Los Angeles. We talked to Patrick Rue, who's the founder and CEO of the brewery. Uh, we talked to him about the um, Offshoot Beer Company brand, um, how that kind of came to be, and um, just about the label art. Uh, we also got a chance to talk to Serena Nuzul, uh, who's the co-founder of Ladyface Ale Company, which is here uh, just north of Los Angeles in Agoura Hills, um, as well as the brewers from Deschutes, uh, Wibby Brewing, which is a brewery from Longmont, Colorado, that is exclusively brewing lagers, uh, Fort George, and Dionysus, which... Um, Kyle, you you had a pretty you had a couple of fanboy moments while we were out there with Fort George. I I
0: really did. I honestly, Tim, like the thing I'm most passionate about is beer. So when it comes to like the the biggest drinking focused uh, brewer focused celebrity moments for me, this was one of them. And it was seriously an honor to be able to talk to some of these folks about their beers and uh, get some insight into like what they were thinking about not just the creation of the beers they brought to jbf but like the inception of their business and like what that meant to them it was really really cool so uh, i we should say this is all live audio from the floor uh most of it is not going to be edited so bear with us um we promise it is totally worth it so now let's get to the floor
1: we're back on the floor Um, i'm here with richard uh, brewer for deschutes uh, out of bend um i've been to bend i toured your brewery fantastic location it's so beautiful up there um how 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 is it just being in that area and just being able to make beer in such a nice
2: beautiful (laughs) environment it's it's really awesome i love it we've got some beautiful uh, views from the brewery you can see the mountains you know if you happen to have to climb up on top of a uh, silo or a fermenter. It's the best view ever. It's it's just a beautiful part of the country.
1: I can, I can only imagine. Now, Deschutes has been around for, you're like one of the veterans of the craft beer industry. We're,
2: we're actually celebrating our 30th year this year. Yeah, our, our birthday was officially back in June, but we're doing all sorts of fun collaborations with some of our, you know, fellow older, uh, you know, older uh, brewery brethren, and uh, specifically brewers that had at one time worked at chutes and then had gone on to other breweries. So we've been doing lots of collaborations all year, and we still have more collaborations to come out later this year. That's that's
1: amazing. I love that. It's uh, bringing people back. That's really cool to get back to, like, the roots of everyone who's been there. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting the band back together, you know? <laughs> exactly. So we, uh, we got a little pour of the dill pickle uh, sour over there. Um, really cool. We've seen, I feel like um, the whole dill pickle idea has been yeah. popping up a bit more. Um,
2: where, did you work on that one? And... I didn't specifically work work on that one. Our, uh, our uh, brewers down at the Venn Pub, like uh, Robin, he's the brewmaster there. They, they came up with that concept for the beer, but uh, it's a really interesting one. The, the hop that's in it is Sriracha Ace, and srirachi ace does have like like an herbal dill quality about it and so the base beer is a kettle sour it's where you get that acidity and then there's salt added to it for the saltiness and then that srirachi ace a lot of it is in the aroma that sort of triggers your mind to, to be thinking about a dill pickle so there's no no actual pickles in it but it creates the illusion of dill pickles as, as you're drinking it yeah it's, it's yeah i it very different
0: from what we've typically seen of these sort of dill sours where dill isn't sort of the forward flavor on them it's a lot of cucumber and a lot of almost uh soap-like quality unfortunately to a lot of the the cucumber flavors But this this seems very different um especially the the start of the kettle sour kind of vinegary aspect to it a lot of pucker uh way more than i'm used to with this this kind
2: yeah absolutely i think it's a really interesting beer uh because yeah it didn't it invokes like an illusion in your head it's like a magic trick uh yeah because it it doesn't contain any dill and it doesn't contain any pickles but it just you know by by uh tapping into those characteristics it's it's really awesome and it's great what you can do in brewing you know you can you can do things like that
0: well so stoic was one of my first uh kind of gateway craft beers um and i went to deschutes long time ago probably you know 2009 um, and Stoic is not really part of my uh, everyday drinking repertoire now it's very heavy um, but is there anything that uh, you guys are introducing soon or you know have introduced here at GABF that is kind of uh, been a gateway for non-craft beer drinkers to kind of get into the scene that's a good question. Because North New England IPAs have kind of been billed as the like, you know, not real bitter. But if you want to learn more about IPAs, this is a re- really great start for some folks.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think sort of a gateway beer that that people have been really excited about for us are, are our sours. Like once again, we've got the dill pickle sour. We have the liquid pie, which is which is a cherry, like a sessionable cherry sour and then over at our main booth the end cap we have an awesome beer that uh, we've been working on for a while called cultural diversity and it has five different strains of like yeast and and bacteria and things like that and people have been really interested in these sour beers um as far as like other sort of introductory beers um people have been really interested in our dark lager that we've got people have really been enjoying that and then um, uh, we just released this summer our hazy IPA, Fresh Haze, and people have been going nuts for it at our main booth. Uh, so much in fact that I would not be surprised if we run out to the, like middle of the day. Uh, it's, it's a really great beer, it's super tasty. You better hurry up and get over there. Now Fresh Haze, is it at all based off of Fresh Squeezed? Yeah, so, so they're, they're sort of like uh, cousins or big brother, little brother. Uh, Yeah, and we're working on some, like, fresh family beers. So keep your eye out for more of these fresh family, you know, cousins and brothers and sisters that are coming out. Uh, I can't talk too much about that, but Fresh Haze is our first one. And, uh, yeah, it's a really great beer. It's got great uh, lemon and orange peel flavors to it. So I highly recommend it. It's okay, it's quickly become one of my favorites. That's awesome. Because
1: I know uh, Fresh Squeeze has been one of my favorites um, and it seems to be pretty easily available in my neck of the woods down in Los Angeles. So sure. to see that you're gonna expand upon that
2: is very exciting. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, a little bit of maybe single hopping like you're doing with the dill or, you know, would be really interesting.
2: Oh, uh, so there's a there's a pretty interesting blend of hops in that beer. Uh, that one's got, uh, let me think here, uh, Amarillo, Simcoe, and Mandarina of Bavaria, both on hot side and cold side in the dry hop. Uh, some of some of the ones that are coming down the pipeline are, yeah, they're they're all gonna be, di- yeah, yeah, they're all gonna be individualistic, but still kind of tying into the, to the fresh juicy hoppy concept
0: very cool very cool. cool
1: and just one last question out of obviously uh, besides your own beers and this fresh haze um what have you noticed around here that's been kind of on the top of your list that you've tried
2: oh uh besides the shoots beer oh man be okay i've had so many beers and <laughs> i've had some really good ones uh any
1: particular style Do you, want
2: to know if you know? um man like yeah, yeah. So I've had I've had some really There's good loggers this week. Um, one that pops to mind off the top of my head is from Fiction Brewing or Fiction Beer Company. I believe that they they uh, won a medal today for a, a hazy juicy pale ale. And uh, I stopped by their place yesterday and had their dark lager, which they had taken a World Cup uh, award uh, with this year. And that was a really tasty dark lager, chocolate and roast. So I was pretty pretty happy to have that beer. And then seeing them win again today was really awesome. awesome.
1: Well, hey, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's awesome to see so much here offered from Deschutes. And we're going to have to go see if we can get our hands on that fresh haze.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, good talking to you guys. And cheers to damn tasty beer. Oh, yeah.
1: We got we got fresh haze. We, we picked it up uh, from the other Deschutes booth here. It has a very sweet nose on it, I think. Now, I'm a big fan of the fresh squeeze, which I think I mentioned, but um, this is an interesting take here. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Hey, hey, you
2: guys are great.
1: We appreciate it very much. It definitely has a very strong, um, I feel like the bitterness on the back lingers a little bit, but it's not as strong, it's it's mellowed out by that haziness that you're expecting, the juicy tropical notes. Uh, Now, while fresh squeeze does have like a a tropical thing going on with you, it hops and it It definitely tends to lean more towards just the bitter character of the hops as opposed to the more tropical side like this.
0: It's really, really juicy. I think what brewers are doing now is nailing the selection of hops that give it huge, 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 like tropical citrus juice flavors without blasting it with tons of haze and making it uh overly sweet yeah. i think i think the balance of bitterness to juiciness is spectacular
1: yeah and as far as the haze goes i mean looking at it, it it's still pretty it's still pretty clear it is, it's
0: it's we've got we've got to say gbf is pouring one ounce pours for most of this it's hard,
1: to tell. it's hard to get enough of a visual with one ounces in here <laughs> one ounce excuse me yeah I mean, it's it's a very nice color. You can barely, you can see through it, but barely. It's not crystal clear like a pilsner or anything like that, but it's not that haze bomb or that, um, just that milky look that you would think.
0: It's not a milkshake IPA for sure. Yeah. All right, we're out here at GABF again, uh, talking to Kyle, the head brewer at Dionysus out in Bakersfield, California. One of my favorite sours uh, of all time is your super funkadelic. Uh, is that one that you guys are still producing? Uh, are you distributing it locally? How's What was the sort of impetus for that particular beer? And have you you know done anything else with it recently?
3: That's a complex question. Uh, no, no, that's, that's, a, that's a perfect setup. So uh, when I was home brewing, uh, the Goza was the style of beer that I wanted to execute. I wanted to bring that out into the market. Um, the goal was that to make it our flagship beer and, and it actually turned out to be one of our flagships. Uh, but over the time it's changed. We changed the the different yeast and wild yeast bacteria and everything. Um, but now it's a mixed culture goza, so it's not kettle soured or anything. Uh, it's year round. We hit distribution up and down California and in uh, Washington now too. Great. Um, but we also do different variants too. Like we did, uh, for our two year anniversary, we did tequila barrel aged, uh, Super Funk with Key Lime and Cinnamon Graham Crackers. Dude, super good. Uh, we've done blueberries, uh, what else we've done, peaches and apricots, guava, like it's one of our most favorite beers to make. The salt kind of brings out a lot of the fruit characteristics. Uh, yeah, the pomegranate one. So, I mean, it, it's a very uh, unique beer for us. It's, it's a nice canvas for us to play around with. I'm um, sad that we actually didn't bring it. Um, we're actually in the process of redoing it all over. We actually, we do it in like a Solera, so we empty out beer and then add fresh water, and then over the course of a year and a half, started to change in a way we didn't like, so we dumped everything and started all over again, so we're a little low on product, but it's, uh, it's a beer that I think will be with us forever.
0: So when I was at the brewery, uh, you guys had a barrel program and also, this, I guess, the Solera program
3: that you're saying? is uh, more of just for, like, like the Goza, and uh, we do have a fooder now there for our Golden Sour, okay. but we do have a membership. It's called Dionysus Olympus Barrel Society. Uh, so we do a lot of barrel-aged beers that are specifically for that. Uh, they don't, you don't see them here. Actually, we did bring two member bottles for people to try because our membership's open right now. So we kind of want to entice people. Uh, but it never hits, you know, distribution. Public can't buy it in house, which kind of makes them mad. But it kind of gives them incentive to buy the membership too. So yeah, man, awesome.
0: So. Hazy IPAs, huge this year at GABF. Uh, I know you guys kind of started with the whole, you know, mixed fermentation, Goza, that has always sort of been your bread and butter, but you're also showing some Hazy IPAs here. How has that changed the amount of beer that you're brewing? Has it, you know, are you shifting more to New England IPAs?
3: Uh, IPAs have taken over our brewery for the most part. We, we, we do Street, which is the West Coast IPA. It's been with us since day one. Uh, but now we have like four or five different hazy IPAs on tap at all times. We're brewing about one to two hazies per week. The then they're on tap, they sell out within seven, 10 days. So it's a beast and we can't really control it. it. As long as it's tasting good and people love it, we'll keep doing it as long as we can, you know? Uh, we actually have one that's a milkshake IPA. So it's a, it's a hazy IPA with vanilla, pineapple, not pineapple, uh, pink guava and lactose sugar. Awesome. that sounds super good people just eat it up dude i I am all about the milk here tim knows
1: lactose i will vouch for that anything that says milkshake
4: he's on it yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. um well so
4: the milkshake's been the hottest seller for us like as far as bottles and we did our first can release with the milkshake dreams with pineapples so
0: that's what i was going to ask about so canning very hot especially in the like We want to be able to sustain uh, a certain customer base, have them come back. Again, you were talking about the bottle program and like having a membership, Um, but are you considering also kind of canning four packs, things like that in the future?
3: So we did that once already with Milkshake Dreams. Um, The cool thing about that, our members got first dibs at buying these uh, cans. So we were able to ship the cans to our members up and down California. So we're able to spread out those beers pretty wide. But, I mean, we did, I think it was like 2,800 cans or 3,200 cans, and it was sold out in a week. So, like I said, it's a beast in itself. We haven't really uh, been able to do it again because we can't personally brew it and can it at our facility. Uh, We don't have enough volume. So we have a brewery down the street that brews it for us, and we can it at their spot. So it helps us out. So whenever we can fit in with that, then we try to do it.
0: Awesome, awesome. All right. This is a question that Tim and I have been asking pretty much of everybody we've talked to. You've probably had a couple of beers here at the festival. What's your
3: favorite so far? Awesome. Or one, one that's really kind of piqued your interest. So Abnormal put this barrel-aged stout on tap Thursday, and everyone started drinking it like crazy. And so I go back to get it, and they took it off tap. Like, oh, no, we're going to save it for a special time. I can't remember what it's called at this point, but all the lights. All the lights from Abnormal. Delicious, dude. Uh, I don't know if it's on tap anymore, but they put it back on tap last night. Super good, dude
4: notable uh, revision the Disco Ninja it's yeah. a hazy IPA it was fantastic uh, Weldworks did the, the single barrel aged uh, peanut butter Medianoche stout that would just blew my mind and then the extra extra juicy bits by Weldworks also and then, and then a brewery we went to here in town uh, Cerebral just blew my mind So, yeah, so they, I, I just went out to, to Cerebral dude, they, too they slay it hard yeah, they, dude they had a dry hopped uh, Citra Pilsner that was just yes. out of control I, I say that here in Denver, like if you took Bottle Logic and Monkish from California and smashed them together, that's what you would. Do. Bottle
0: Logic, it, it was actually out there yesterday working on a collaboration yeah, uh, with them. So,
3: <laughs>
0: so, yeah. So, we'll see. We'll yeah, see that so happen.
3: Fantastic. Uh, Weldworks, extra, extra juicy bits, yeah. definitely. If it's like outside, like Trues, like Watermelon Fooder, Saison, so delicious. It was It was phenomenal.
0: Watermelon's Three. tough, man, like it, it's it it can be kind of off-putting if can go Jolly Rancher real fast um, But it when it's done, right, it's super refreshing hit
3: the spot like perfectly
0: the one that's probably blown my mind The most is actually Deschutes uh, pickle sour that we just had dill pickle sour no pickles no dill So it's coming all he was saying just coming all from sriracha ace hops and the kettle sour that they do with it so you know the name kind of messes you up a little yeah, bit totally. but yeah awesome. i'm gonna have to i really want to try the milkshake ipa um but it was really great talking to you guys thank you so much for taking the time and and uh and chatting with us thank you all right we're out here at gbf with dave uh, from fort george brewing i'm gonna lay it on you now fort george brewing is my favorite brewery awesome. out of all not even just out of GABF, just out of the entire united states that's
5: That's, that's high flattery considering the like really stellar breweries that are here. Yeah.
0: Well, so out of Astoria, it's been one of the kind of like places that if I go up to Portland, I always stop at Fort George, no matter what it's, yes, it's kind of out of the way, but I always hit up Fort George. One of the beers that you brought to GABF is your three-way IPA. And I wanted to kind of just jump off from there. Um, what it has inspired it year to year. Who have you worked with on it? And, uh, why'd you decide to bring it to GABF this year?
5: So we've, we've brought it up the past three years um, that we made it. It's always a really fun collaboration. This year was with Modern Times and Holy Mountain. Uh, it's a beer that we put a lot of effort into. We do about six to nine test batches every year. So we do a lot of collaborations where it's just a fun day, single one-off brew that's kind of one and done. Uh, but this one we do a, quite a bit of production of. It's I think it's one of our second or third most uh, brew beers throughout the year. So it's... It's important to us
0: it's it's been really fun watching production grow for you guys especially not just with three-way but uh with uh, your
5: uh field field of greens but yeah we have so it's super confusing we have field, fields of green and then we have our city of dreams uh hazy pale ale <laughs> <laughs> baseball fans i guess or oh, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah and it's uh we call it the this of that series yeah. it's always yeah always <laughs> shady, but.
0: well good it's it's been really awesome seeing you guys grow from you know the small brew house um getting your second story, Watch you guys open next door. Um, I, I, I don't really have anything else other than to say I wish you guys the best. Uh, we've been asking uh, other brewers that we've been talking to today what their favorite beer at the festival is. Do you have one in particular that's kind of stood out? That's
5: that's a tough call. Uh, so a couple of my favorite beers, ABGB, all of their, their lagers are phenomenal. They're, they're doing really great stuff. I really like the, uh, the Brett Lager at Allagash and the Farm to Face Sour is amazing over there. Uh, there's too much good stuff. O- OMF is making amazing beers. They brought some really good stuff. They're, they're, uh, like, they're local in, in Denver, yeah. We work with them a lot, do a lot of collaborations. They're, uh, they have one called OI. It's a mixed culture with uh, collaboration with stem cider, cider and really, really good Good stuff. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us real quick. Absolutely, thank you. Right.
1: Hey everyone, so we're here at GBF on the floor. We're here with James Sullivan, uh, marketing manager for Highland Park Brewery out of Los Angeles. Thank you for taking a couple minutes to be with us here.
6: Of course, yeah. Uh, so how's your GABF been? Uh, man, it's been great. It's my first time, so it's very overwhelming, but it's awesome to try all these cool beers and beers I wouldn't normally have. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's uh, Kyle and mine's first time here too, so it's been yeah. crazy seeing all this stuff. Um, what are you guys pouring? Uh, so right now we got Yokoko, we got Pleasant Pills, we got Timbo Pills, Hello LA, and Lingua Franca Fruta. That last one's a mouthful. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a blended sour with um, raspberries and cherries. Okay, so you gotta check that one out for yeah. sure. What's what's been pouring the best for you guys? What's kind
0: of been your, your the thing you're pouring through the most?
6: Uh, it's probably a tie, honestly, between Pleasant Pills and Yoko. So. It's good. Nice to
0: see a light beer kind of making its way through here uh, on the pills side. I, most folks are going for like the 13 percent, knock you on your your butt kind of kind of beers. So nice to see a pills. I think.
6: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like every festival we do, we try and do like a pills or like a lighter beer. So just you know, people enjoy that. Got to switch it up every once in a while. So I'd say out
1: of out of all the LA breweries that I have been to or get got cans from, I feel like Highland Park's uh, can art is the top. Like, it's always spectacular, and honestly, I buy a lot of cans based off of what they look like. Awesome. And I don't make it out to a lot of can release. I have a friend up the road who, like, will pick them up, he goes and gets them. Uh, so I get them through him, but what, what, where does,
6: is that done in-house? Do you guys work with someone? Uh, so we work with uh, this guy Noah from Scrap Labs. Uh, they're a Highland Park, like, design company, and they just kill it with everything. Everything they do is just awesome, and, like, we sort of just, like, throw out an idea, we'll be like, oh, this is the beer name, and, like, Maybe something like this, and he's like, I got it. This is perfect, <laughs> and every time he nails it. Yeah, it, it, the, some, some of the cans are just so
1: great, like the, a lot of the matte colors in there. Um, I think uh, it was the relax. Oh, sorry, I'm gonna blank. It was like the one that had kind of a sunset. And the There was a the spaceship oh, was, too, and then the uh, one with the
6: sunset and like the crane or the stork. Was it relaxing weekends? Yeah, that was probably the well, one I, uh, I saw. No stress? Yeah. That could have been it too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Trying to pick my brain to remember all that. Yeah, you know. I think it was no stress with, like, the crane on it and, like, the pink sunset. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. That
0: was yeah it. That one's, that one's awesome. Well, yeah, then the, uh, the like, really colorful sunset ones with kind of the yeah. birds all strung up exactly. like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of photo-based ones. I love those.
6: I yeah, love, I love the Timbo Pills Cat as well. It's pretty cool. Man. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Like, when even before I started working there, they had, like, their can sale for it, and they were selling shirts, and I was like, I left work early just to go get a shirt. Cause I was like, I need this. This is awesome. <laughs>
0: well, how, how's the uh, new Chinatown location been working out for you guys?
6: It's awesome. It's great. Um, you know, we get a lot of people who are either going to or coming from Dodger games. So it's like, it's great. Like, it's always busy. It's always full. And, like, it's awesome that we can have a guest tap list and, like, just feature our friends. And... Uh, you know, it's cool. I love yeah,
1: it. I, I love that about, uh, there's a majority of the LA breweries that they, they'll, they'll reserve a little bit of space for their friends and just share the love. That's that's what's going on. Um, like I love that about the whole LA beer and brewery culture there.
6: Yeah, it's
0: great. Have, have you had any other beers at the festival? Have you kind of walked around and had beers?
6: I've had a lot of beer from Commonwealth. I think they're out of Virginia Beach and like every beer I've had from them was just killer and I keep going back there I'm probably gonna go back there in like 10 minutes so <laughs> they're, they're awesome really good
1: awesome thank you so much for taking the time to meet, to talk with us
7: Thanks guys. we appreciate yeah, thank it you.
1: thank you um we're here with Serena from uh, Lady uh co-owner um, I've I live in LA my wife's from Ventura County I used to commute and in Agura Hills you're like the halfway point and it was my place to go and then when we started a family, like the restaurant's very welcoming and very friendly so we would stop in there with our kiddo and it was really nice and all the beers you guys make have always been so fantastic. Um, how did Ladyface get started?
8: Well, thank you. Um, you know, we've been uh, residents of the community for a long time, and I started homebrewing. I'm um, a Malto's Falcon, going way back. Oh yes, yeah, I, I
1: know about yeah, that place.
8: Yeah, yeah. And so I used to frequent the little homebrew store over there, and got myself into trouble more than I know, apparently. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. A few years later, some things happened. I started writing a business plan, and um, you know, really wanted to kind of take it professional. So. Yeah.
1: Wow, uh, and, I mean, it's amazing, it's, and it's more than just a brewery. Like, obviously, it's a brewery, and you make fantastic beers, and they're out and about in the community, and there's distribution on the kegs and stuff. Um, but also the restaurant um, and the food there is also great. I feel like it's um, it seems very French inspired or Belgian inspired. Where's the where's that inspiration come from? Sorry.
8: Well, I mean, it started with my love of Belgian beers, okay, and nice. back in 2005, there weren't a lot of you know even back in 99 when I started home yeah. there weren't a lot of Belgian beers that had made it their way over to the United States so I kind of fell in love with them also fell in love with this French guy <laughs> um, who I was married to so we kind of had this idea of you know kind of nurturing that background that and, and that passion and, and bringing it to the community and uh, it's been very well received, and we've been there for nine years now, yeah. and yeah. Um, just serving up good beer and food for our friends and family. So I think
1: I think Ladyface is the first place I ever had a cask ale, and uh-huh. we always talk about this because cask ale still kind of—I never got on board with the whole room temperature beer thing. I've grown to love it since then, but I remember that was the first place because you, you have the the cask right on the end there. And I was like, I'll have that one. And like, okay, let me just pour it out of this pump thing. That was great. I like it a lot. We
8: have to remember that room temperature oh, when, sure. you know, it was 57 degrees was your room temperature. Yeah. So yeah. things have changed a little bit, but um, yeah, we try to, you know, we got a jacket on it. and That's great.
1: I know. Um, I don't know. I think it was a couple years ago. So all the breweries get together and do April Fools' jokes. And a couple years ago, I believe it was you all that had the joke about you're going to open the tap room on the top of the mountain there in Agoura Hills. I read that. I almost. I. I took me like a good couple of seconds. Where did. Where did that come from? That was.
8: Well, it's funny you say that because that was a joke many, many years ago. Um, originally, Ladyface Mountain, right, is our namesake. Yes. And the developer Vance Moran and um, Art Wizen. And the wisdom Center is still kind of a historical marketplace out in Abora Hills. And so they wanted to develop the land, and I think it was kind of a draw, and they wanted to put a restaurant at the top of Ladyface Mountain. So it's kind of one of our local jokes that we oh, okay. circle back to, that in the local newspaper. You know, we kind of pick on, up on it a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the other April Fool's joke we did, too, is we did a, uh, a French burgundy-style um, beer one year with... Snails,
0: cargo uh. beer. <laughs> a, a truly uh, food-inspired beer, if right, you would. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Well, That's right. what, and
8: you'd be surprised how many people fell for that. April Schultz. Uh,
0: I mean, uh, you, you, you've got like uh, oyster <laughs> stouts, right? So it's it's
8: not that it's
0: not that far away. away. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what brings you out to paired? What, what are you guys uh, bringing today, and um, who did you work with for uh, the the dishes that are out here today?
8: Oh well. I mean, I've been involved with the Brewers Association for many, many years. I'm on the board of directors, as you may know. Um, And so I've been enjoying it as just, you know, a patron for a long time. And I love the concept. Um, And it's just been elevated over the years. And so I said, you know, what the heck, I'll put my name in the hat. came out on the other end. But um, Adam Dooley, who's the executive chef for the Brewers Association, I mean, he's just been remarkable with Julia Hertz and, and pulling this thing off. And um, they're, they're doing really great things with food and beer. And it's kind of in our heart, you know, as a brew pub, you yes. pairing food and beer together. So it's kind of a match made in heaven. We brought two saisons today. One is a dry hop and the other is a barrel aged. Yes. Um, we had the
1: barrel aged paired with. This, what, what is that
8: exactly? It was—it's uh, a buttermilk biscuit, but they've used a charcoal salt in it with okay. a beef fat, okay, that's um, a beef. and a local honey drizzled over the top.
0: It was one of the best things I've had today. <laughs> that,
1: was a, that was a go back for seconds out of yeah. every, so far out of everything yeah. we've had. I, sure. I, I would have taken my whole hand and just kind of
0: add uh, uh, right all into my mouth. It was one of the best things I've had today.
8: And the, the other one is a dry hop saison that's called Espiritu, which is named after, I don't know if you've been out to our neck of the woods, but there's a historical building called the Leonis Adobe, which is one of the first homesteaders in our area, also Reyes Adobe. Yes. We've yeah. also named a beer yeah. after that. Um, but Espiritu was a Chumash Native American. American woman who won Los Angeles's first palimony suit oh, wow. um, and sued Leonis and his family to win back some of her land rights, and so we're honoring her um, really with this cool. beer. And I,
1: I absolutely love the um, the female empowerment that's going on with everything in the brewery. Your your style, the artwork, the branding—it's always. I like I said, I've, I've been going there. I, for a while now, and it's always fantastic to see, um, especially in our industry. Yeah,
8: thank you. Yeah, no, I, that was kind of one of my goals because there weren't a lot of women drinking beer 10 years ago, and uh, so that was kind of my personal goal is to find beer, you know, and, and just expose it to people that maybe had not been well enough served. So there you go. Thank
1: you so much for yeah, taking the time to talk to us. It's really amazing to yeah, talk to you. We are at the uh, Offshoot uh, Beer Company's booth uh, right next door to the brewery. We're with uh, Patrick. Thanks for joining us for a second here. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for coming. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Offshoot is one of those things that came on the scene and it really, I, I became a fanboy pretty fast. I got in, I, it, once I was able to get in line for the can releases, I was like, oh, I have to have it. Oh, the, the FOMO effect of the the monthly releases really hit me hard. I think I've only, I've started missing them a little bit, um, but all of the beer you guys have been making at, the, um, at Offshoot has been fantastic, and it feels like it's just been evolving and getting so much, like, just tighter. Um, how did you guys get the, like, where was the impetus to
7: kind of create this offshoot from the brewery yeah uh just for such a long time we we didn't really have any staples we you know every month was a brand new beer on the brewery brewery true side uh there wasn't a whole lot of focus um but um essentially our customers want ipas uh we committed to never making an ipa just because the, the market was kind of saturated but we saw uh making these uh, hazier style of ipas as an opportunity to um uh, be creative um Get it into our customers' hands, and the peak, you know, and it's a peak of uh, freshness, and um, uh, just that's really appealing to us. So it's uh, sort of uh, I feel like a liar for uh, (laughs) for making an IPA, but you know, it's not really an IPA, is it? It's it's hazy IPA style. I mean, you guys are a year (laughs) in now too, so I think it's been
0: very successful, especially with Tim and I. Uh, I'm. Tim forgot to mention, I'm his mule for offshoot beers. Oh, okay. I go to the brewery location and pick up all his offshoots, <laughs> nice. and then we split a couple cans. Um, we love the brand, we love all of the artwork. What is it like working with a different artist pretty much every time you guys put a can together?
7: It's pretty awesome. We uh, we give very little feedback. We just say, here's the name, um, yeah, you're the artist, we want this to really represent uh, what you do. and. Uh, it, it, it'll only be if we absolutely hate it that we won't use it <laughs> yeah so it's, it's it's one version it's original and we just we love it it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun it's been such a wide variety that's
1: what I think I like a lot is each release is just the artwork is so different um, that it's just you you want it because it's just it's different and cool and um, so interesting I also like that um, when you do the double can releases the artwork on both both cans, Match up. That's always been really cool.
7: It's fun. Yeah, definitely. Um, we're, we try to be consistent by being very inconsistent when it comes to the branding part of our shoot. <laughs> I mean, I think it's
1: worked for it. Um, obviously now with the uh, the Alphabet series that's been going on, they're
7: getting a little more consistent. That's yeah, it's totally the opposite of what we were doing before. But you know, the doing those regular can releases, brand new beers every time. It's a lot of fun, but it was hard to develop um, kind of a core. We couldn't really find out what our customers liked, um, so I don't know. I feel like with this new black and white series, we're um, able to kind of focus on a recipe and see it see it evolve, and see, thankfully, too, untapped. Uh, see how our customers are reacting to each release, and that'll help guide our future uh, future production for us. So, are you using any of that information to
0: drive changes to relax your like kind of first you know in distribution beer? Is that kind of uh, impacting it at all?
7: Yeah, I mean, for relaxed, we um, we did uh, we released up here under a few different names, uh, a few different variations of it, and uh, certainly used on tap to see how our customers were reacting to it, and then uh, you know uh, then we get the cool then we do the cool branding and then, yeah make it make it something polished. It's uh, I think Relax is
1: it's by far one of the best like. I don't want to say wide release because it's obviously I, probably mostly in SoCal, yeah. um, but as a standard that comes out that I can pick up easily, it's fantastic. It was one of the best, like, not only the artwork, the beer inside and the price point point, the ease of getting it, they all blew a lot of the other hazies out of the water, for me at least.
7: Yeah, yeah it's, it's keeping it fresh on the shelf, but uh, yeah. it's not lasting very long, it means you're not going to find it four months old on the shelf, so it's nice. An important question that I have is, how far is the Alphabet series going to go? I really want to go to (laughs) Z. I really do. Uh, It might take, you know, we might uh, sprinkle it in with uh, more of our uh, branded series. So they'll probably become a little bit less and less frequent. Uh, But I want to get to Z. (laughs) It's a good goal. Yeah. We're we're to G already, so pretty close. (laughs) What's been your favorite of those releases so far? Ooh, it's hard to say. Uh, let's see well Charlie is uh, my daughter's uh, name is Charlotte so uh, Charlie has a
6: <laughs> yeah
7: I love the the intensity of fruit in and that, uh, that particular re- release Delta was really great um, I think Bravo is our some of the early ones are um, I loved uh, you know 100% Nelson love Nelson so. well hey thank you so much
1: for taking the time to talk to us we really appreciate it all right, cool. So we're here at uh, the Wibby Brewing uh, booth here with uh, Ryan uh, from Whibby. Uh, I just want to take a second to kind of talk to you guys. Just, uh, from what I've been told is you focus extremely on, mostly on lagers. Like that's where you guys tend to aim. Um, we've noticed that that, that trend kind of seems to be kicking up. Um, what, what got you guys to focus on that?
9: Yeah, so we do all lagers at Wibby Brewing, all lager brewery. Uh, so our co-founder and brewmaster, Ryan Wibby. He uh, went to college at Ithaca in upstate New York and he was a chemistry major. And there he kind of learned how to brew beer. He was working at Iron Hill Brewing. Um, after he graduated, he went over to the VLB Institute in Berlin and he got his brewmaster brewer, brew certification there. And Germany's known for making great lagers. So, really fell in love with them. Knew that there was that niche that's not explored as much in the American craft beer market. And so what we like to do at Wibby Brewing is we like to show that lagers can do everything. So when people think of lagers, they might think of domestic style beers, or it's like a light, crisp, refreshing beer. But we have everything from hoppy lagers to super malty, super dark chocolatey to even like imperial stout type lagers that we do. Yeah.
1: I've never, I couldn't even imagine Imperial Stout style lager. Like what, What? how does that even end up?
9: It has a lot of those same smoky, chocolatey, uh, basically super dark taste, but very clean because it's lagered. So it's still uh, lagered, cold, four weeks. So everything kind of just cleans up at the end. Even some barrel aging, too. And we barrel aged it also.
0: That's, that's what I was going to ask. So are you more likely to barrel age uh,
9: that type of like darker logger that you guys are
0: doing? Or have you tried anything on the lighter side?
9: So we've only done darker loggers so far in barrel aging. But I think it would be really cool to do some of our lighter loggers, Like our Helles or our Rattler and like tequila barrels would be really cool type of trend. Or like a, we have a MyBach that uses a lot of Hollertau Blanc. So like a Sauvignon Blanc barrel, something like a Chardonnay barrel would be really cool to do with that. Yeah.
1: That, yeah, that would be cool. Have you guys gotten any flack for being into the just lagers or? No, not really.
9: I mean, like nobody really comes in as like, oh, I don't like, I mean, some people do come in like, I don't drink lagers. Then we're like, well, try our lager. Like you don't drink like the domestic lagers. You don't drink something that takes like water. But what we have are great, clean, refreshing, very flavorful, tasteful lagers. That's
1: awesome. So, out of what you're pouring here, what, what would you say is your favorite?
9: Out of the ones we're pouring today, I would say the Wiptoberfest. It's our Oktoberfest-style Marzen lager. And then, year-round, our Light Shine Helles. that's That's one of our flagship beers. Can't go wrong with it. Which one did you give me? The Whiptoberfest. That's why
1: I'm liking it so much. I'm a sucker for anything that's got like the Oktoberfest or the Marzen feel that's to right. it. And this is fantastic. I had the uh,
0: Sunshine Hellas. The Lightshine Hellas?
9: Yeah, Lightshine Hellas.
1: Yeah, it's,
0: it's bright. It's like,
1: yeah. So, how do you feel about the loggers kind of becoming the trend of loggers picking up in the industry?
9: And going to more people doing craft loggers? I think that's awesome. I think it's an unexplored, uh, basically, section of the craft beer community right now. I mean, the Juicy and Hazy IPA's got three new categories uh, at GABF this year. I would love to see like a IPL, which is, we have an IPL at our brewery, it's an India Pale Lager. So there's just other facets of loggers other than the traditional ones that they offer for judging that I wish that a lot more breweries would start going into and then we can ex- keep expanding it and kind of show people what they can do.
1: It's it's very cool because we, uh, on our show, we talk about the history of styles and we cover a lot of things. And, the lager itself feels like it's such a like a parent category almost. And there's so many different
9: it's segments. Like, there's ales and then there's lagers. And when people think of ales, they think of all these different ones. But in the same subset of lagers, there's everything that ales have, just they're called different names, or they're like German style is Czech style, and like Doppelbachs, Dunkels, those are darker ones that people aren't usually familiar with as far as the casual beer drinkers. Unlike with porters and stouts, everybody kind of knows that. But these are like kind of what loggers have for those type of things.
1: That's awesome. So a question we've been asking everyone that we've been interviewing, and feel free if you don't want to, is uh, besides your own beer, which you're obviously going to like, what have you tasted out on the floor that you've really like liked or Uh,
9: stood out? Russian River Sour Pilsner is amazing. Oh wow! Aged two years, so it's they have open fermentation tanks and then they age it two years in Sauvignon Blanc barrels. Seriously, like two rows down and to the right, I would check it out.
1: That sounds pretty awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time to um, talk to us.
6: We really appreciate it. Anytime.
0: Thanks, guys. All right. Show notes are available at podcast.untapped.com. If you've got any questions for us or you've got feedback about this episode, our previous episode, our live one from GABF, or you just have feedback about the show, be sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Again, it's at Untapped. And we want to hear your unique beer stories. Again, send those in to us. We're going to read a couple of them on the next podcast.
1: And if you happen to have a moment, head over to Apple Podcasts and give our show a nice big five-star rating. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you feel up to the task, um, please go ahead and leave a review. Uh, Just let us know what you think. Um, We're always reading, and we love to hear what you all uh, have to say, what you like, what you don't like, and how we can improve. Until next week. Cheers. Cheers.